Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Built for Paymakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of chopchat.com. Hope you guys are doing well. I would like to welcome our first-time listeners. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate your support. Um, hope you guys have had a great Monday. It's been a long day for me. I uh, got home from work and I uh, had to take my, my son to basketball practice. Uh, you know, ate food really quickly and um, came up here to uh, record this podcast. Um, so going to get into it um, since it's getting late for me and I got to get up early in the morning. So <clears throat> uh, we're going to talk about um, five concerns going into camp. And then I have a listener question that I'm going to uh, address at the end of the pod. Um, so, again, if you have any questions um, that you would like answered or, you know, you want my thoughts on a question or what have you, um, you can email me at kelvinhunt at hotmail.com or you can uh, direct message me on Twitter, um, KH Chop Chat, or you can uh, also send a message to the Chop Chat account at chopchat underscore. Um, you know, be glad to um, to take all your questions. But the first thing I want to get into, uh, the first concern or, or area that I want to see improvement with the team uh, going into uh, 2021 is, is, is something that's really simple. It's something that you can control or they can control, I should say. And that's really the mentality of the team. You know, in years past or the last, I would say, man, since 2013, really, that's the last time I remember FSU having just a, a dominating mentality before they went out on the field. You know, if you remember whenever they traveled to Clemson in 2013, when those guys came down that tunnel, you saw uh, James Barter Jr. just just flex with a double bicep and the abs showing. And, you know, those guys, those guys are ready to play, man. You know, I, I couldn't tell you the last time you saw FSU come out on the field just knowing, you know, they were going to win, you know, knowing they were going to impose their will on somebody knowing they were going to jump on them in the first quarter and, you know, hit them with a knockout punch, you know, and and keep throwing punches. You know, we've, we've seen them throw punches, you know, like 2019 against Boise. You know, they hit Boise with a, a four-piece, you know, a four-piece, you know, combo and, and ha- had Boise on the ropes. But then as soon as Boise countered, you know, those boys, you know, it's just like they just folded. And then you saw what happened after that, you know. Um, so – just, just seeing FSU, uh, you're playing confidently, um, you know, not, not, not afraid to win, you know. Um, also, another thing I'm, I don't, I don't want to see this year is just all of the celebrations for just nonsense stuff, you know. <clears throat> if you got, if you got a guy, you know, that, that beats you on a route, but the, he's overthrown, you know, I don't want to see no celebrating. You know, you, you were just lucky he didn't catch the ball, or the ball was overthrown. I don't want to see any of that. You know, I, you know, one guy I wish they would model themselves after would be LaMarcus Joyner. LaMarcus Joyner would come over and knock your head off. Wouldn't even look at you. Just get up, go right back to the line of scrimmage, line up, and beat you up again. <clears throat> you know, or if you or if he made an interception, he would make a play. You know, it's like, you know, he celebrated a little bit with his teammates. 
and it's right on to the next play. You know, so that's that's the type of thing I'm looking for um, in 2021. You know, the you know, just, hey, I'm about my business. You know, I'm, a, I'm coming to work. Um, you know, I'm getting the job done and, and then just kind of just go from there. And we've seen, you know, Mike Norvell talked about it after the second scrimmage on Sunday. You know, he said that the team still is playing with a lot of um, emotion that they need to control. And I think that's kind of that's kind of what he's hinting at. You know, there's still a little bit of, uh, you know, I guess um, playing playing outside of themselves emotionally, maybe or making making, you know, dumb decisions uh, on the field at, at certain times. Not as not as much as in the past, but there's still a little bit of, you know, some things they need to clean up there. But, you know, so all, all in all, it seems like they're making improvement um, in this area. But again, if I, as I've said on Chop Chat uh, in different articles, hey, we won't know what's going to happen until, you know, the real, real bullets start flying. So, you know, we'll see uh, September 5th. You know, um, another area that kind of kind of has me uh, concerned is um, the depth uh, on the team. I, I wrote the other day that I think if you were to just take our starters, you know, in the trenches, quarterback, uh, in the secondary, wide receivers, um, you know, linebackers, if you were to just take the starters, I think they would be anywhere from serviceable to good. I think. And so, and I said, if if I could guarantee that we would not have any major injuries to any key, key guys, you know, obviously quarterback, offensive line, um, defensive uh, tackle, defensive end, um, you know, and things like that, I I would feel really comfortable saying we we would win six or seven games. But of course, uh, injury injury luck has not been on FSU's side for the last you know how many years and forever. So. It seems like they've lost, uh, you know, some key guys to injury, um, you know, the last few years. Um, but, you know, I, I, what I what I hope to see is, um, especially early in the year, obviously you got Notre Dame, then you got Jacksonville State, and then, um, you know, Wake Forest. Hopefully uh, in games like Jacksonville State, um, UMass, um, Syracuse probably, um, those are games I, I hope to, to, that we'll see the younger guys be able to get some rips and build that depth, you know, with that game experience so that when they get to the back half of that schedule with um, the NC States and the Boston, Boston Colleges, um, you know, in Miami, that when the starters do have to come out of the game, there's not such a such a severe drop-off in terms of, um, playmaking ability and, and things like that. Um, you know, it, but it looks like, it looks like we've had some guys stepping, stepping up, um, you know, Kalen, Deloach, um, apparently is, is making, um, you know, making some flashes, you know, we heard the same thing last year, um, in fall camp, you know, but we'll, you know, we'll see, uh, the os- offensive line looks like some guys are making process. Um, I know they wanted to get around, um, seven or eight guys that they could rotate in and it looks like they're at about you know, seven solidly, uh, and maybe they'll get another guy to emerge um, as the um, as the season goes on. Uh, wide receivers, that's you know, if you've been reading the site, you know that I am I'm still kind of just in wait and see, wait and see mode with this group. Um, you know, you got Parchment coming in, who I think will be serviceable, especially as he as he learns the offense. That was one thing I was hoping that he he would be able to enroll in the spring. Um, but of course, you know, he had to wait until the summer. 
you know, if he would have been here in the spring, that would have been huge. You know, he he would have already had an opportunity to build um, some rapport with the quarterbacks and, you know, just learn offense better instead of trying to learn it on the fly, um, you know, so to speak. Uh, but it, look, it sounds like uh, Keyshawn Hilton um, is almost back to form. And Malik McLean is, is flashing. Um, you know, again, you know, with freshmen, it's just it's just a difficult transition from high school to college. Um, so I'm I'm just waiting. You know, hopefully, hopefully he can continue to flash and be consistent and and make an impact um, for this team. They're going to need the wide receivers to step up because uh, they were they were terrible last year. Um, you know, along with um, the quarterback play as far as the passing game goes. Um, but it looks like defensive line is going to be a strength of the of the program, um, especially the tackles. I feel I feel really confident with those guys, with um, uh, you know uh, Cooper, um, Lovett, and uh, and Briggs, and you know the reserves is, is where you know it's kind of like man, you don't know what you're going to have there. You got True Thompson, um, you know what are you going to get from Malcolm Ray? You know everybody's asking about Jared Jackson. Um, yeah, you you know you just don't know what you're going to get with those guys there. Uh, defensive end, you know you we it's potential. You know we hope Jermaine Johnson Jermaine Johnson is is as good as advertised. Um, and Keir Thomas, you know we kind of know what he brings to the table as long as he can stay healthy. Um, but you know what's going to come after those guys? You got the young guys, um, you know Byron Turner, um, you know Patrick Payton flashed in the scrimmage the other day. Um, you know, people were saying Quayshon Fuller's making making a run. You know, but after the starters, you just you just don't know what you're going to have. Um, I feel really confident with the secondary. You got you got some experience back there. Um, you know, Travis J, Jamie Jamie uh, Robinson, uh, Jarvis Brownlee. Akeem um, Dents made the switch to safety, which seems to be better suited. You know, he didn't play that well uh, when he when he was playing safety in the Harlem Barnett, but. You know, different different coaching staff, uh, different repetitions in practice. So you know, who knows? Maybe maybe he has found you know his niche on the on the defense there. The um, so we'll see how that works out. The third area of concern or areas that we need to see some major major improvement you know, is is special teams. Uh, the only bright spot for special teams last year was um, Alex Mastromano was a freshman, a true freshman at that. You know, he averaged um, around 42, 43 punts uh, average uh, yards per average last year. Um, you know, the only only thing with him is sometimes he would not have the hang hang time that you needed to, um, you know, to, to get down there and, and uh, stop the return. But. Overall, I thought he did really well, but field, field goal kicking was just atrocious. Um, you know, they only kicked 14 field goals last year, and, um, you know, they missed six of them. And and a couple of those were just chip shots. And it was so bad that whenever they brought the field goal kicker out, I mean, I, it didn't matter if it was like from 30 to 35 yards. I kind of just held my breath like, mm, if I had a bet on this, he probably going to miss it. And, you know, and sure enough, there you go. I'd be like, bruh, you know, how'd you miss that? Um, so, but it sounds like Ryan Fitzgerald and um, Parker Growth House, you know, have been consistent in, in fall camp. Hopefully, hopefully those guys can show up this year. Um, and we'll get into this uh, a little bonus bonus coverage um, 
in a little bit um, as far as um, the uh, field goal kicking goes. But, you know, they, those guys got to be better. And then the punt return, FSU hasn't had, you know, a legit threat to, to take one back to the house since Greg Reed really. Um, you know, they got to be better on punt return. I mean, basically, I know, and I know the defense has to be better on forcing other teams to punt to us. You know, I understand that. But it just seemed like last year or um, either we were fair catching the ball or we were letting the ball hit the ground and losing, you know, 10 to 15 yards of, of uh, field position with the ball rolling on the ground. You know, that, that can't happen. Um, and other times we would catch a punt, you know, on the, on the six yard line. And I'm like, why, you know, or just, you know, or sometimes on kickoff return, you know, we would you know, catch the ball, you know, six yards deep in the end zone and bring it back out. And we make it to like the 18 yard line when it, where, if, you know, if they were to just fair caught the ball, we would have had the ball starting on the 25. So just small mental, mental lapses like that, you know, just will kill you over the phase of a game, you know, those, those yards, those hidden yards that you lose are, I mean, they're big time, especially when you're with an, uh, an offense that struggles to move the ball. And, and then when you're, you're, uh, you have a defense that can't get any stops, man, that's just, you know, that's just a recipe for a disaster. Um, so special teams, th- those guys got to be better. Um, obviously, um, the, the next one pass rush, that's, you know, everybody knows that, um, when you have defensive ends that get drafted by NFL teams and neither of them have a sack, I mean, it's like, man, you know, how does you know that's crazy? But um, you know, FSU hasn't had a pass rush since you know Brian Burns left after the 2018 season. Uh, I feel I feel optimistic about you know what we have at defensive end when I look back at um, you know Josh Okando and. Janarius Robinson last year, those guys looked apart. I mean, gosh, you know, if you if you were to say, hey, you know, show me show me two guys that would be intimidating when they get off the bus. I mean, you would say, hey, let's let's go to those two guys. Um, physically, they were imposing, but you know, they played a ton of snaps, and so by the time the second half rolled around, you know, they were gassed, and they really didn't have an assortment of of pass moves. I mean, I think Janarius Robinson had a, a bull rush, and that was it. Uh, and I think the same for Kando. I mean, I think I think I may have seen him try a spin move or you know or go inside, you know. But as far as just um, you know, just just ripping around the corner, or, you know, or bending and you know just different pass rushing moves, you just didn't see it. It was just a bull rush, and if that didn't work, then you know they never made it to the quarterback. But I think Jermaine Johnson, you know, has an assortment of moves. You know, he's physically, you know, he's strong physically. Um, Marcus Cushney, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the um, tweets that he's put out there, and I've retweeted them. Um, you know, he he's not as long as you, as you would like, but he has an assortment of spin moves, and, you you know, he's practicing. He's actually practicing pass rush moves, you know, at practice. So you have that. Um you know, so you got the young guys who, you know, they're they're not big at all. They're, you know, if they win, if they win one on ones, it'll be basically um, speed off the edge. Um, you know, if a, if an offensive line off offensive lineman gets his hands on, you know, Patrick Payton or George Wilson, you know, it's it's over. You know, they got to beat those guys with speed um, off the edge. But it sounds like it sounds like the pass rush 
should be better compared to the last couple of years. You know, we'll see, um, especially um, with these guys having a full um, off season to, you know, hit the weight room, get stronger, you know, bigger, faster and actually practice, um, you know, opposed to what they had last year. And finally, um, and I've hit on this already, um, my biggest my biggest concern or areas of improvement for 2021, um, especially in the offense, are, are going to be the receivers. You know, last year you had uh, Tamari and Terry, who wasn't 100%. And credit to him, you know, man, he was hurt and he was playing. You know, he wasn't the best you know guy to have at practice um, as far as far as you know work ethic and things like that. But you know, hey, he put it on the line um, and tried to play last year. Um, you know, he had some bright spots, but ultimately, you know, he decided to opt out. And, you know, he's got some other things going on on, and hopefully that works out for him. You know, so that's where Andrew Parchment comes in to kind of to replace him or try to replace him to be the guy that can uh, take the top off the de- uh, the defense vertically, um, make the tough catches. And hopefully he can draw enough attention um, vertically to give those guys underneath. Um, so Helton. Um, maybe Brian Robinson in the slot. I like him in the slot a lot if he can stay healthy. Um, give those guys some uh, options underneath um, crossing routes and things like that. Um, same for you can also um, you also have uh, Cameron McDonald out there who could um, make an impact if if we have someone someone that that they have to respect vertically and hopefully the offensive line will give the um, quarterback's time to throw. And I thought before um, Devontae Love-Taylor went down last year, um, the quarterbacks had ample time to throw. If you look back to the Georgia Tech game or, or even the Miami game for different parts, you know, James Blackman, um, whenever he was back there, had time to throw. He just held the ball forever, you know, and could, couldn't make the reads, you know, to, to hit the guy or either the wide receiver, you know, couldn't get separation to get open. You know, it just took too long to um, for the play to develop. But um, with the the starting offensive line, I feel confident that they'll be serviceable to give the quarterbacks enough time to to make a play. And of course, if you if you have um, you know Mackenzie Milton and Jordan Travis back there getting rid of the ball quicker, um, obviously, and that's something they've been working on in practice. If you look at it, um, you know they'll they'll do a lot of quick game stuff. So. Um, that should help alleviate things as well um, for the wide receivers. You know, just a quick screen, screen game, quick slant, um, what have you, and um, hopefully they can start winning some of those battles. But I want to um, – so those are my five, five concerns there. Hopefully the, um, you know, the team can, can overcome them, show progress. If, if they do um, – I think I think FSU will be good, uh, especially good. When I say good, I mean like win you know six or seven games. <clears throat> you know, provided that the uh, the injury bug stays away. But I think it all starts back with uh, the first thing that I talked about with mentality. You know, I remember you know playing college baseball or even before college baseball when I was in little league. You know, coming up, you know, middle school into high school. And my, my granddad introduced me to to the game. And um, I remember him telling me, he was like, you know, back then it was like, you know, son, if you can hit the ball, hey, they'll find somewhere in the lineup to put you. You know, if you can hit, they'll they'll make a spot for you. Nowadays, if you can pitch, you know, that's kind of the case. But I always remember that. 
and he would always, you know, he would always say, you know, when you're in the um, on deck circle, you know, you want that pitcher to fear you when, you know, when you're going up to uh, the batter's box, you know, you want that pitcher saying, man, damn, I wish it was not, I wish it was somebody else coming up there instead of him, you know? Um, and when you have, when you have that mentality, um, you know, you have that confidence that, you know, usually you'll, you'll, you'll have good results. But if you go from the on deck circle to the batter's box thinking, oh man, I hope I don't strike out or man, he's throwing hard or man, he's got a nasty curveball or whatever, man, you're definitely not going to get a hit, you know? So it's all about the mentality of, uh, you know, knowing you're going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Um, and with football, especially in the trenches, you know, it's just, Hey, I'm just going to impose, impose my will on you. Um, same, same at every position, really, you know, you got to win. Everybody on the team has to win their matchup, you know, to be successful. And it all starts with mentality. So hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll see that difference in 2021. Um, but I did have a question from, from a, a reader, a supporter, um, one day at a time, one, Hey man, I appreciate your support. Um, you're always um, retweeting and liking um, our content, and um, I appreciate the support. So he asked, which is easier, starting Jordan Travis and going with uh, Mackenzie Milton if needed or the other way around? And I thought about that, and I was like, man, that's an interesting question. And and here's what I came up with. Um, and I know both guys have been you know, playing well in fall camp. I think Jordan Travis probably has been the most consistent of the two, if you you know if you were to look at everything as a whole, but I think when it comes to the scrimmage games, Mackenzie Milton has played on par um, with Jordan. Um, but if I had to if I had to name a starter, I think I would go with Mackenzie Milton. You may say, why is that? Even though Jordan Travis may be the more consistent of the two overall. Well, I think the scrimmages count for more than just the daily overall practices. But not only that. With Mackenzie Milton not playing since 2018, um, and then with Jordan Travis also having an injury history, I think I would go with Mackenzie Milton for this reason. So if, if let's say Mackenzie Milton goes out there, we haven't seen him get hit yet, right? We have no idea how he's going to respond to getting hit. So if you start him and you go out there and he's shaky, or you know, you know, God forbid, he gets hurt or anything like that. Then you know Jordan Travis is going to come in there, and you can then tailor the offense even more to Jordan Travis. So if you know uh, Mackenzie Milton is not available, then you know, okay, you're probably not going to run Jordan Travis as much to make him susceptible to um, getting hit, which would you know probably result in him getting injured. And then you're going to have to go to either Trevor Purdy or Tate Rotomaker, right? Um, because if you put if you put Jordan Travis out there first, and um, let's say he gets dinged up and gets hurt, and then you you have no idea what you have with Milton. You know he goes out there, and let's say he just gets hurt. You know he gets hit. He gets sacked one time. A boom. You just ha- you know he just doesn't doesn't react well to the hit. Then you're both you're down both starting quarterbacks, and then you 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 know you kind of stuck with Chubba Purdy who hasn't really practiced you know, until this fall camp and then same with Tate Rotomaker, you know, so I think I would go with Mackenzie Milton, you know, first, 
you know, if he plays well, hey, you're 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 fine. And I, you know, I'm sure they're going to play both guys, but um, at least with Milton, you know, if he gets hit and he bounces back up, you know, a couple of times, then you feel a little a little bit better about you know things. You're like, okay, well, at least I know, hey, he's fine. You know, unless he just hit, you know, gets hit, you know, in the wrong way or whatever, in which that can happen to anybody. Um, you know, I think you feel a little bit better about your quarterback room mo- moving forward um, since you, you find out, you know, kind of what he's capable of as far as like bouncing back up from getting hit and things like that. But again, I think both guys are going to play, um, you know, a right good bit. They'll probably um, ride the ride the hot hand if somebody's playing well, but I'm sure they'll bring, um, you know, the other guy in to you know do a change of pace or certain packages or um, in the red zone, they may do different things. Um, so, uh, but I would go with Milton and then, you know, bring Travis in afterwards. Um, hopefully, uh, Milton responds well to the contact. Um, bonus, bonus content. So, um, I was looking at the, um, I wrote about the offense. Um, it posted on um, Monday, um, you know, kind of a projection of how the offense could look in Mike Novell's second year. And I did the same thing for um, the defense, which we'll post on Chop Chat on Tuesday. And I was doing as I was doing research for those particular um, content pieces, I I realized a couple of things. You know, the offense last year actually got in the red zone quite a bit, um, but they were not very good in the red zone Um, last year. FSU left way too many points out on the table, um, out on the field um, for the offense. Um, You look at how many field goals they missed. um, So those are points right there. When I talked about earlier, you know, talking about the field goals and coming back to that, um, you know, those guys missed, um, you know, six field goals. I mean, man, that's that's 18 points right there. Um, So when you're talking about, you know, putting points on the board or, or needing um, touchdowns instead of field goals, that is a key key area that the FSU offense has to has to improve in in 2021. Um, you know, last year um, they scored uh, touchdowns 61 percent of the time, which it's not god awful, but if you look at it, and you say, man, if they could bump that up to 65 to 68 percent. I mean, that's, you know, that's a big difference as far as, especially when you're going to be playing a lot of what most people think are close games. Um, You know, the difference in kicking a field goal or scoring a touchdown could be the difference in winning one or two ball games this year. Um, And then on the flip side of that, with the defense, um, they allowed a touchdown. um, It was well over 60 percent of the time uh, when teams got in the red zone against the uh, FSU defense last year. Um, and in Fuller's defense in the two years prior to that, when he was a marshal uh, for one year as the defensive coordinator, and then when he was at uh, Memphis as a defensive coordinator, he improved those areas. You know, he improved those areas. So I'm thinking uh, maybe after having a year, uh, you know, to to prep and prepare and those guys, those guys having a full year in in and learning his defense, you know, we could see an improvement. Um, you know, if they only allow, let's say they improve and they only allow a touchdown 60% of the time, I mean, I think that would be big time um, for the defense. You know, and they tend to 
they seem like they tend to to be more of a bend but don't break type of type of defense. Um, when looking back at his um, units at Memphis and Marshall, um, I know he's aggressive. He likes to blitz and things like that. But it seems like a lot of times those things didn't get home. Um, but whenever teams got into red zone, they did seem to kind of, you know, bow up and at least hold teams to field goals um, a good percentage of the time. So, um, you know, I think those are two areas that if FSU can improve, uh, and I think especially on the offense, I think they will. Um, you know, Jordan Travis has improved as a passer. Um, you know, that seems to be the consensus, consensus, consensus um, you know, so the threat of him throwing the ball and running the ball will be huge. And Milton, you know, usually can complete the, the shorter passes across the middle and things like that. So that's that's the biggest difference in the red zone is those windows are close, you know, smaller. So being able to, to, to have a passing game in the red zone, which we didn't really have last year, I think that'll be a big difference uh, moving forward. But uh, I don't want to keep you guys too long. You know, I'm right at about um, 30 minutes. It seems like each episode is getting longer, though, as I get the hang of this thing. Um, but I'm really enjoying, um, you know, doing the podcast and just kind of being able to um, expound on my thoughts that I give you on ChopChat.com. You know, again, I appreciate all the support. Um, make sure you subscribe, you know, download, turn your notifications on so that whenever, you know, the podcast goes out there, you, you know it's out there. And you can uh, listen to me on the way to work, on the way home from work, um, you know, when you're working out, uh, you know, whenever you listen to the podcast. But uh, again, I look forward to um, continuing to, to deliver content for you guys. I'm working on something. Um, I hopefully will be able to pull it off. Um, it's an interview that uh, I've been wanting to do um, for a little while now. Um, hopefully I'll be able to do that within the next week. But uh, again, thank you again for the support. And um Keep, keep spreading the word about Built for Playmakers podcast, and I look forward to talking to you guys next time. Go Nose. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.